1: My, I like what I feel when I feel what I feel right now. Thank you, praise team, for being led of the Holy Ghost. And it is so good to be here uh, with your pastor. And today he's my pastor. I used to bounce him on my knee. You know, I, I couldn't help but think about uh, my mom moved down to Newport Richie in 1987 she lived 10 years there with us your mom raises you tells you what to do teaches you about God drags you to church when you don't want to go finally gets your stubborn carcass saved and then you end up being her pastor So how do you tell your mom something that she needs to know spiritually? (laughs) How do you tell your mom and dad things, Nathan? (laughs) It's an awkward position. But I did have the privilege of performing my mom's wedding. She fell in love with my head usher, and uh, not too many people get to marry their mom or perform the, let me rephrase that. I know we live in a crazy day. Perform the wedding of your mother. Amen. And so it's good to be here. Uh, Especially with my favorite oldest brother, Gabriel. (laughs) Brother Butler, I enjoy your worship. You're my kind of guy. Just go ballistic for Jesus. (laughs) There ought to be no worship in silence around here. That's right. You need to kind of like realize if you're going to sit near a worshiper you're going to have to defend yourself because arms are going to go flying and feet are going to go out and up and jump and yeah you can sit there like a a pew potato if you want to but when i come to the house of god i want to get connected with him amen praise god and of course your grandma of the church sister grace She's not my sister-in-law. She's my sister. Get it straight. Right. She, she is my sister. She, my brother married up. Yes, he did. <laughs> he got a jewel in grace, and she's such the hostess with the mostess. She takes care of me, and I am so blessed to have my wonderful wife with me, of going on forty-three years. she has weathered the storms brother of life with me and uh, i guess she likes me cuz she didn't leave me yet and i'm married up so i'm 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 in good shape we we came uh to atlanta yesterday uh for in stone mountain georgia there's a church there the kelp united pentecostal church bishop don Knight uh founded that church and he's 90 almost 92 years old this year and uh, been very, very, very dear close friends, he and his wife. Brother Knight's probably affected the work of God more than anybody I know. He's in that church in DeKalb, has done outreach missions. They've started local works, national works, international works. I've preached in churches that that church founded around the world. And uh, he's getting old and, and getting ready to die. And He's wanting to go be with the Lord, and uh, of course, he's stubborn, so he's hanging on, but they said, we're not going to wait, Brother Weidman, who pastors there, the bishop now. He called me up here the first part of the year and said, uh, I want, we're going to honor the bishop before he dies. We don't want to wait for the funeral to say what we want to say now. I said, well, that's a good idea. He said, we want you to come be a part of it, and so we came up, and uh, I'm so close, three and a half hours to be with my favorite oldest brother. And uh, I have three other brothers that I love. I have a favorite youngest brother and a favorite intermediate brother. (laughs) And then I'm my favorite. (laughs) So if you don't love yourself, who are you going to love? That's right. right. You got to love your wife. Love your wife, what? Like yourself. That's what the Bible says. Am I in the book? That's right. Some people can't live for God because they just don't like themselves.
0: That's good. That's good.
1: But we came we we were this close and and, and i i i i got can't be this close and not see my brother Gabe, and so I was hoping I'd get to hear your pastor preach, and I did, but I'd rather he preached today. you'd probably at the end say, I wish he would have preached too, you know it's like I don't know what the pastors talking about his favorite preacher, but he's one of my favorite preachers, that's right. I remember when I'd go home from Florida, this is our fortieth year pastoring there. And I'm going to be retiring from that, and we've got a tremendous pastor, Brother Eric Sirius, going to be installed as senior pastor this October, and they're going to make me the bishop, whatever that means, I guess, give you a title, get you out of the way, get the old man out so the next generation can come along and do their thing, amen. And I'm all behind them. It's just tremendous. You young people, you're the future. Amen. We need you. My body can't jump like y'all been jumping before. My knees bone on bone, you know, my back, it's so bad that that one of my vertebrae fused itself, believe it or not, it's just bone on bone. But uh, my spirit jumps with you. I remember when I first got saved, I was in Kentucky, at a national youth convention there with the ALJCs, another apostolic organization, and there was an old bishop down from Mississippi called J. Frank Wilson. And he was a short fella, not big in stature, but he was a powerful man of God. What I gathered, his reputation, and he, 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 he got up and was testifying. I had him speak at the youth convention, and you could tell he was well loved by the crowd there. I was just new, so I didn't know him that well. I heard about him. And uh, his family was big in it, and they had wrote, sing just songs, and just tremendous talent, just unbelievable. You probably heard the uh, address change notification, Mike Wilson wrote that, one of his boys. And, and so he got to say, I wish that my body could run like you did. And you know what some of them young bucks did? They grabbed him and put him on their shoulders and ran around the church. What well, was One the church is a big convention center in, in the aisles. And, and his legs were just kicking in midair. And man, you talk, about, you talk about the Spirit of God came down then and that place went up in smoke. I mean, people were getting slain, filled with the Holy Ghost. It was just wild. Just because two young men that had strength carried an old man around on their shoulders, God did some miracles there. And People got healed and it was a great time. You just never know what's gonna happen when God's in control, amen. And so it's good to be here at Ephesus Church and uh, with your pastor and his lovely wife, the one that doesn't get any credit but does all the work, and his girls that get roped into everything. See, these, these girls are favorite nieces of mine because they made me great. (laughs) <laughs> I, with Nathan I was just an uncle but now you girls made me a great uncle man it's like I, I owe you <laughs> my greatness comes from you and so well enough visiting it's, we could talk and talk and, and uh, but I, I come I want to help somebody today if you come and, you, and you're struggling you're in a good place I don't care what you're struggling with Uh, you've come to the right place because I know somebody and I can lead you to somebody that can change your life, that can resolve every issue in your life, that can take you through every trial in your life, that can take you and put you up on the mountaintop and when you come rolling down off the hill, as we heard, what a marvelous lesson. Oh, Do you folks know how blessed you are to have this kind of ministry? Wow. Just marvelous. When you roll down into the valley, he can get you up. See, my dad was very abusive to us boys and left us. Um, and, And whether you, dads, let me just stop here for a minute. This is a commercial in my message, okay? So we're gonna break here. You are the representative of God to your family on earth. And if you're not right, if you got bad attitudes, that's how they think God's going to be. My dad was mean. I got beat. I didn't even know I was getting beat for. And when I got saved, I had to unlearn some things that my my concept of God was warped because my dad was what I understood God to be. He was the authority in my life. And so I came to God. I was a sinner. And he filled me with the Holy Ghost, and I got baptized in his name. And, 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 but I had to learn to walk. You know, babies don't just take off running down, you know, a four-minute mile. That's right. they, 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 we get excited if they just raise their head. Look, he raised his head. Yeah. He's standing in the crib. They take the first step, and, and, and it falls down, right, and cries, and you run over there and pick it up. So, oh, it's all right, and you encourage it to keep walking. That's what God is. Yes. But, see, my dad was so mean that when if I made a mistake or if I sinned after I came to God, I, I thought God was there going to beat me down with a club. And one day the Lord just said, I'm nothing like your earthly father was. All he was right. like, you better unlearn that stuff. Okay. My God's going to pick me up when I fall. He don't beat me down. He wants me to make it to heaven. If I'll be honest with him and not hide my faults from him, but expose myself to him in openness and in repentance, saying, God, here I am. Such a mess that I am. I'm yours. If you come to him in that honesty, he'll forgive you. He'll cleanse you. He'll lift you up. He's not going to beat you down. He's not going to rail on you or belittle you or embarrass you or insult you or call you stupid. My dad's favorite. I thought my name was Dummy. Dummy, come here. That's right. <laughs> but God's not like that. Oh, hallelujah. Well, let's get into the word. Maybe. Maybe. If you're here today and you're saved and you're still sinning, you don't have to. On, all right now. You don't have to hide it from God. He already knows. So, did you know that was a big problem in the church? Uh-huh. Come on. Read the epistles. Do you know what epistle means? Letter. 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 Somebody said it. Right. They were letters from the apostles. We call them God's love letters to the church. You know what they dealt with a lot in there? Sin. Yes. <laughs> That's right. Save people sin. Yeah. Ain't supposed to.
0: That's right. That's right.
1: But it's there.
0: Right. Come on.
1: And it's in your life too. Yeah. You know why? Because if you're in the lineage of Adam, you got his nature.
0: That's right.
1: <laughs> and you ain't going to get rid of that. <laughs> There's no medicine you can take to cure Adam. What I'm talking about, I'm talking about that nature in you, that sin nature, that nature of Adam. We call it the Adamic nature, the nature of Satan, the sin nature. It's got lots of names, the devil nature. It's the same thing. It's a fallen state. And you were born with that. I was born. If you're in the lineage of Adam, the only one that's not in the lineage of Adam is Jesus Christ. He, didn't, he wasn't created. He wasn't born with a sin problem. But you and I, see, we don't, we're not sinners because we sin. We sin because we're sinners. Before I could talk, I was a liar. I talked young. I mean, I was a good talker when I was two years old. That's what they tell me anyways. My mom never sat me down, said, son, uh, here, I'm going to teach you how to lie real good. good. It was just natural. Who did this? Not me. <laughs> it is natural. Right. Do you know if you read the seventh chapter of Romans, Paul talks about that? Yes. Yes, it does. He talks, man, there's something inside of me that's, a, there's a war going on inside of me. Yes, yes it is. <laughs> I want to do good, but I don't know how to do it because every time I want to do good, there's something evil and I find myself doing things I don't want to do, the things that I hate. That's what I'm and what I really want to do the good things. I don't do. I do the things I'm hating. Why is this happening to me? Come on now. I'm saved. Now, I know you know what I'm talking about because we all have the same problem. So you just can't sit there and say I don't do nothing wrong. Yeah, that's lying right there, you know. You got to get real with God if you want to be saved. How many want to be saved? I want to be saved. I'm not worried about saving face. I want to be saved. Yes, sir. That's why when, when when I decided I wanted to get saved and God was calling me, it didn't matter to me, man. I slid into the altar. I was on vacation in Fort Smith, Arkansas. I slid into that altar. On my knees, I was tw- almost 21 years old. I was 20 years old. And, and I threw up my, I didn't care what people thought. I wanted to get right with God. And I did. Because I was sincere. And I wasn't worrying about what people thought of me because I came to the, I At home, I'll be the first one to go to the altar a lot of times. Pastor's preaching, Brother Eric. I said, man, God's drawing me. Why? Because I said, no, I just want to get close to God. This altar belongs to me. I'm a child of God. And so there's a lot of problems that the children of God have. And I hope this morning that I can help you realize that you got a father that loves you. He's not going to beat you down. He's going to encourage you. I wish I had about three sessions I could teach you what really happened on the cross that will set you free from sin totally. Jesus Christ did not come. To just forgive us of what we did. Listen to me. The blood of Jesus did not come to just say, okay, Mark, I forgive you for what you did. And then I leave me alone and go back with this sin nature to go sin again. And then I have to come back in this habitual revolving door of repentance. God, you know what I'm talking about. That secret sin that nobody knows but you and God, and you don't want God to know about it, but he already does. He knows where you're at. He wants to help you. He doesn't want you living that way. That, that thing that you'd be ashamed if anybody knew about you. Oh, God, I just hope nobody ever finds this out. He wants you to be free from that. I'm trying to help you. Don't get cold on me now. This is where you're gonna. This is where you're gonna find. This is where you can shout in victory, not just shout from excitement.
0: Come on now. You
1: know, some people worship. Worship. <laughs> they, they just come to have a good time. We're gonna come to church and shout. Yeah. Did you shout? Well, we didn't have church. We didn't shout. What'd you shout about? Well, we shout. It's like the one runner coming to Job said, can I go back and tell? So you ain't got nothing to say. I want to run anyway. Go to, well, go run. He went to David. And came to him, what do you got to say? Well, what about my son Absalom? Oh, I don't know. Like well, Step aside. You don't got the message. You don't know. He didn't even know what he was running about. I know what I shout about when I come to church. He set me free. He that the son makes free is free indeed and Jesus Christ did not come to just forgive you. Right. If that's all he did, he is no savior. All right. All right. All right. <sighs> <Come on>. <sighs> <sighs> Worthless savior. What did he save me from? Nothing. If I'm still sinning, if that nature's in me, still driving me to sin and I can't stop it and oh no 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 he, he he did more than just wash your sins you know under the law of Moses the animals they slew them and took their blood and sprinkled it on the horns of the altar and then they once a year they went back behind the veil and they would sprinkle it on this article of furniture called the, the mercy seat. The Ark of the Covenant is a lid on a golden box. It's a wood box overlaid in and out with gold. But the tablets of stone that Moses had were the second ones. And the, and the rod of Aaron that budded and a, and a bowl of manna was in there. And, 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 and the blood covered that mercy seat. Seven times he'd sprinkle it for himself. the high priest Seven times he'd take his fingers, dip it in the blood and sprinkle it. And years. After year after year, and layer after layer, sin was covered on the mercy seat for hundreds of times, nearly thousands of times, literally going in over a millennium. The blood was sprinkled on that mercy seat, building up, building up, building up, building up, building up, building up, up, layer after layer after layer after layer of animals' blood. Didn't take away one sin, just covered it for a year, but it was still there and it just rolled it ahead another year. There was always a remembrance of sin, couldn't get away from it. If all Jesus Christ did was forgive us of our sins, his blood's no more good than a dumb animal. That might sound sacrilegious to you, but that's the truth. The blood of Jesus doesn't cover one sin of mine. It cleanses me. (laughs) Oh, yeah. There is no more remembrance. Once and for all, it's remitted. And not only did he remit my sins, that's what I did. He delivered me from what I am. A sinner. He fixed the main root problem. He didn't put a band-aid on it. We're just gonna cover it up here another year. Oh, that got dirty again, add a little more fresh blood. Put another cover on it. Get the bandage off. It got di- let's rebandage this thing up in your life. God doesn't want you coming to emergency all the time getting rebandaged. Come on. he wants you to be free I don't have to sin anymore this thing that drives me oh my God I wish I had time to study this scripture out learn what this means 2 Corinthians ten twenty-one. For he made him, or 520, for he made him to become sin for us. Jesus Christ was made sin. God the Father made the man, Jesus Christ, sin for us. Who knew no sin? That we might be made the righteousness of God in him. What does that mean? Jesus Christ became what we are. Sin. That's what you are. You have a sin nature that we might become what he is, righteous, his righteousness. He traded his righteousness to us to take our nature, that sinful nature, on the cross. You see, far beyond the torment and the tortures and the beatings that Jesus Christ got on the cross, There was something in the garden, Pastor alluded to it. When he prayed, he didn't want to go to the cross. It wasn't dying that he feared, it wasn't the abuse he knew he was going to have to take. Did he? That's not what the problem was. He was okay with that. He always did the will of his Father. He never he never said, "Oh, I don't want to do that, God," as a man. He says, "I can't do anything of myself as a man. It's the Father in me. It's the Spirit." So Jesus had two natures. He was man and he was God at the same time. Far more horrible than the mockings and the cruel abuse and the torture. Beyond belief, he was beaten beyond recognition. His human features, his face was so swollen, his eyes so black, and they couldn't hardly just slits to look through because the Bible says a whole company of men came and blindfolded him, soldiers, strong soldiers, and punched him out while he sat there, stood there blindfolded, just went up there and hauled off and hit him in the jaw and hit him in the eye and hit him in the nose and blood flying and cuts on the face and bruises and prophesy who it was that hit you if you're the son of God. <laughs> Cheek swollen out, ear bleeding, concussion to the head. Just eggs growing out purple on his head where the fist hit him. And he drove on those bruises, a crown of thorns, blood streaming down his face. <sighs> Horrible, wretched looking creature he became back filleted, looked like just gelatin where the stripes just tore his flesh and blood streaming down. They nailed his hands to the the tree and his feet and blood streaming down there. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That wasn't what he feared. That wasn't what he was troubled with. He knew he was going to endure that. And the Bible says he endured it for the joy that would be after. He saw you and me. What he didn't want to do was to be made sin. Oh no, to become the very thing his father abhorred. Always, this is my beloved son, always in good favor with his father. The father and I are one. It's me. It's not me, the flesh, it's the Father that dwelleth. We're one that's all he knew holy 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 and then all of a sudden the spirit that's in him leaves and he's made sin My God, why has thou forsaken me? What is this? He never experienced. He, not, he was made not sinner. He was made every sin that was ever thought of or conceived. For me. Abandoned, not favor, despised. Instead of blessings, judgment falling on him. That was that filthiness. But you know what happened when he died? Sin died. That sin nature died. Oh. If you only understood what it means to be baptized in Jesus' name. You're baptized into death that the body of sin might be destroyed. Mm. And he that is dead is freed from sin. Now, likewise, reckon yourselves to be dead also indeed unto sin, but alive unto God, as those raised from the dead. Don't yield your bodies now to be instruments of unrighteousness. But yield yourselves to God. You're free from that if you're dead. Maybe someday I'll have an opportunity to tell you how to die. Because until you die, Adam's alive. You've got to vacate Adam. Or you'll never be free from sin. You're going to live a Roman 7 experience when you can have a Roman 8. that's the truth and that's what I want to talk about I want to talk about truth let's go to John chapter 14 verse 6 very familiar verse Jesus was talking to Philip and talking to his disciples there Jesus gave revelation to Philip of who he was but he prefaces with this he says Jesus said I am the way the truth and the life no man everyone say no man cometh unto the father but by me no man you know what that is that is an absolute statement that's a total statement that's what absolute means total complete no man can come unto the father but by me I'm the only way you're going to get to God that's in your Bible. Yes, right. Right. I don't care what the nominal says well, on this path and everyone, you know, everyone's going to find a deity or a higher power for them to hogwash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Jesus said, except you believe that I'm he, you'll die in your sins. I'm the only door. I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the light. There is none other. That's right. That's right. Jehovah said, besides me, there is no Savior. Do you know what Jesus means? Jehovah saves. Jehovah has become salvation. So I want to talk to you about truth and I want to talk to you on this topic. Overriding the truth. Overriding the truth. How can that be? Truth is an absolute. Truth is the property of a statement that is being in accordance with fact and reality. How do you override truth? You can't. How are you going to take the facts and override the facts? Because the facts are the facts. Of course, in our day today, we need truth. Because facts aren't facts anymore. To override means to prevail over, to dominate it, to neutralize its action, to annul it. How do you know truth? Right. <laughs> the Bible instructs us. The wise man said in Proverbs twenty three twenty three, buy the truth and sell it not. Right. You know. yeah. Also, wisdom and instruction and understanding. Right. So, truth, truth. You know, I, I just want you to know what I'm going to preach to you is not a message of compromise today. Come on, come on. That's good. That's good. We're going to talk about truth, but then we're also going to talk about overriding truth doesn't make any sense does it I love the truth Jesus said I'm the way of the truth I love Jesus how do you override Jesus in the beginning it was the word the word was with God and the word was God the word was made flesh and dwelt among us Jesus said thy word is truth in John 17 17 in his high priestly prayer so the word is truth how do you override the word Word of God is established forever, and it's settled forever in heaven. Heaven and earth are going to pass away. My word will never pass away. But I'm here to tell you, we're going to override the word. Oh, he's getting in false doctrine now! Ha ha ha! Pay attention. See, truth is the bridge that is needed to go to judgment and justice. It's determined. Our judicial system has to be founded on truth. When a witness takes a stand, they swear an oath or they affirm that they will tell the truth, the whole truth. In other words, the whole truth means you didn't leave something out. If you leave something out, it ain't truth anymore. And nothing but the truth. If you go up there and say, well, so-and-so told me that uh, this happened, the judge said, get out of here. We don't want to hear what you got to say. We want the person that told you that because we want the witness to be the witness. So secondhand opinions don't matter. They're not admissible in court. It takes somebody that's truly eyeball witness for it to prevail, for it to be beneficial. In finding the truth, so truth is important in justice and in judgment. We got to have it. There's just no other way. Paul writes as he wrote in Romans chapter one about all the various sins that are going on and, and the judgments of God, and 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 he goes into verse two or chapter two. You know. Romans was a letter. It didn't have chapters. We added those letters for reference points and all that. It's just a continuity of thought flowing. So he goes on here in chapter 2, verse 2. He says, for we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth. God's not going to cut corners. God's not going to bend something your direction or away from you because you're his friend or not, because you live for him or not what it is is it you live for God you sin you sin All right, yeah. he said some of these Paul's talking about some of these people know the judgments of God but they still do it and they have pleasure in those that do with it mm-hmm. and he says we know that God judges by truth that's the standard with God the angels know that God judges in truth that's right see truth doesn't vacillate stands tall and straight it doesn't waver it's not incomplete truth is absolute it's the whole it's complete it's not white and black to where you can blend it together and make an eerie gray it is polar opposites it's white and black right or wrong even a little lie, no matter how opaque, contaminates truth. It ceases to be truth because truth can't be changed. James says, for every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh from, down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness nor shadow of turning. God is an absolute constant His truth, His word is an absolute constant. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Doesn't change. Truth illuminates, it exposes the lie. See, if you didn't have truth, then you couldn't have a lie. And if you didn't have a lie, you couldn't have truth. You just have a mishmash of opinions. God didn't structure society and his people to live on opinions because they changed with the wind. The truth illuminates, truth reveals. And if it doesn't measure up to its absoluteness, then it's false. It's just that simple. That's why David said, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. (laughs) Ha, 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 it's a light unto my path. It shows me everything. It doesn't hide anything. It shows me when I'm a, When the prophet said, you're the man, David. He said, I have sinned. <laughs> oh, God. the a light just shined on him. He said, there it is. <laughs> Darkness was covering it up. But <laughs> when the light of God's word came from the prophet, it lit it up. Come on. God's word will light it up in your life. You better be like David and not like Saul. David trusted in God. Saul didn't. Saul was always excusing himself. David said, I have sinned. Oh, God, there it is. The light just shone on it. It's right there in my path. I did that. I don't like it. It's ugly. It's disgusting. How did I ever do that? Oh, God, have mercy on me. Samuel goes up to Saul and says, Hey Samuel. We did everything God told us to do. And <laughs> it's great, we won! Yeah, why am I hearing this loan of oxen and the bleeding of sheep?
0: Uh huh.
1: You didn't do what God told you to do. Who is this in a chariot with you? King of the enemy? What? Oh, 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 it wasn't me. Light shined on him. Oh, God. It was the people. It wasn't my fault. You need to own up to what you do. Or you'll never get right with God. You know what God said? Get out of here. I reject him. David that murdered Saul didn't murder nobody. He didn't cheat on his wife. He didn't commit adultery. He didn't he didn't have his his try to cover up his sins that he did. <laughs> he just didn't own up to what he did wrong. Man, you'll never get anywhere until you get honest with God. Stop hiding from God. He knows you. Man, he knows your daydream. Your thoughts are far off when you sit there and see your daydreams go wild. Amen. God knows that those daydreams are going wild. You can't hide nothing from God because his word is truth and it illuminates. It's a light. It's lighting you up right now. Maybe it's showing you something in your life. Yeah, okay, God, I, I hear you talking to me. He's such a perfect gentleman. He's not. He didn't give me a word of knowledge. You can relax. I'm not going to come out and tell everybody what you're doing wrong unless he wanted me to, but he didn't. You know why? Because he wants you to do it on your own. He said, come on now. Get real with me. Show me. Just show me yourself. Let's deal with the problem. Let's fix it. Come on. We're going to get this. We're going to get through this instead of just, it's not me. It's them. It's the people. David said, oh God, it's me. It's me. Here it is. Ugly, ugly me. I ain't pretty here. I don't like looking like this, God. You you need to clean me up. No, you think I haven't gone through that? Man, I ain't no different than you. If my name was Elijah, he was a man after like passions like we are. I just might have grown a little bit in certain areas and got a little more information. So his word talks to us. It's precise. It's better than a surgeon's scalpel. It can pierce through you, go into the joint in the marrow. Where the surgeons can't go even to the thought and the intent of the heart. Woo! I feel that. It's quick and it's powerful. And it's sharper than any two-edged sword. We as boys, man, we know how sharp our knives are if we could shave our arms. It's sharper than that. I just felt he just did surgery. He's a perfect gentleman. He's wanting you. He's wanting you free from sin. Come on, come on. Somebody's getting what I'm talking about. There's freedom in this. You don't have to battle sin. All you have to do is confess it to him. He's the sin dealer. He can deal with it. That's what this church is. It's a hospital. But we don't want to send you away with the same problem. I had problems with my heart and blood pressure. It'd go crazy. It'd go 220 over 118 and just... I know enough to know that that's stupid if I stay home because I could have a stroke. So I'd go to the hospital, and they'd get me down to 160 on the uh, systolic and send me home. Problem still was there. It'd spike again. I'm back at the ER going, I don't want to sit at home and die, you know. I could try to ride this out, but then what if I get a clot, and then boom, I'm, I'm paralyzed. Or worse, I die, and I leave my wife. I go back there. Well, you can go home after we get done. Finally, I said, You know, this is crazy. Y'all fixing me partially, sending me home, and I'm right back here with the same problem. Admit me and figure out what's going on with me. They couldn't. God did. Thank God I don't have that problem anymore. But that's what man does. He just wants to put a band on it, get you gone, and, okay, you're good enough to go home, and we don't want you leaving here with the same problem. I don't want you going home and having a relapse. Come on now. home my God, I feel it. There's truth here today. But we're going to override it. <laughs> God judges his and performs his judgment in truth. But I want to neutralize truth today. I want to talk about mercy. It will neutralize truth, it overrides truth. It's the only thing that will override the Word of God angels don't have it (laughs) they desire to look into it the apostle says they don't know anything about mercy it's not been afforded unto them they cannot repent there's just a certain judgment for them fallen angels they know it. Those demons come running up to Jesus. Art thou come to torment us before the time? That's what say. We know who you are, you holy one of Israel. The God of the Jews. We're a bunch of false gods. We're a bunch of pagan gods, but we know who you are. You're the God of Israel. And we know what's coming. Let me tell you how merciful God is. You can sit down if you want. Mm-hmm. And that's right. Yeah. Stay standing. I understand. I get excited. I can't sit down either. Come on now. Listen. <laughs> Come on,
0: <laughs> on uh-huh.
1: Come on, preach. <sighs> God wants you to be saved so much. And here's your prayers. Let me tell you do you think you're more important than a sparrow? Doesn't the Bible say there's a sparrow falls on the streets of Columbia, South Carolina, and God doesn't know about it? Isn't that what it says? Maybe I'm paraphrasing a little
0: bit. We'll
1: bring it up to date, right? There's a sparrow falls out there. You didn't know nothing about it because it's important to God. He knows. He knows the numbers of hairs on your head. But the devil's telling you God don't hear your prayers because you're a sinner. Well, I got news for you. God even hears the devil's prayers. When those demons come down before Jesus and bowed down, they had a prayer request. They prayed to the Lord, send us into the swine. And Jesus said, okay, go on. He answered the prayer. If he'll... If he'll answer the prayer of a devil, don't you allow a devil to tell you that you're his child in the image of God and he don't hear your cry. He is a liar. He's the father of them. He'll tell you, God don't love you no more. You're a dummy. You failed. You win it again. How many times, God, I forgive you of that sin. Hey, I'm here to tell you, his blood cleanses me. It purifies me. It makes me white as snow. He's a reasonable God. He said, come on, let's reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, though I got solution, I got remedy. I'll make them white as snow. I'll remit them. They'll not exist anymore. I'll cast it into the depths of the sea. Remember it no more. As far as the east is from the west, you can't connect it. Mercy. That's in your Bible. James says, mercy rejoices against judgment. It says, ha, 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 ha. mercy does that. That's why David said, goodness and mercy. Hey, come on, boys. It comes Pumping oh, into me now, huh? Needed a little extra mercy there. Mercy overrides truth. It actually says it glorifies itself against truth, if you translate it in the modern-day languages. So mercy in Scripture always precedes truth. It's always ahead of it. Mercy. You can't can't have truth without mercy being right there in the same sentence ahead of it. Oh, no, no, no. Mercy butting its nose in the truth's business. (laughs) Truth, the Word of God said, "You've sinned." Mercy comes on, says, "Get out of the way, get out of my face, go over in the corner." Truth, we don't care what you think anymore. I'm taking over this life. Mercy takes over. Did you know that mercy is mentioned a hundred times in the Psalms? It's reference. You check it out. It's two hundred and sixty-one times in the Bible. <laughs> Paul said our God is a poor pauper. No. He's rich in mercy. Wow. You you're rich in mercy. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up and sit down, Bartimaeus. You blind, you are are sinner. You yeah. you wouldn't be blind if it wasn't you as a sinner, you're born a sinner. You you're worthless. Shut up. Jesus! Jesus. <laughs> Have,
0: mercy.
1: Have mercy on me. Yeah, yeah. Shut up. Don't you don't call on him. You're embarrassing us. You get down there to
0: Jesus. <laughs> Have mercy. Huh.
1: Somebody calling mercy? <laughs> Man, when you start crying from the heart, mercy, that means that you're not trying to hide anything. <laughs> when you need mercy, you're guilty. <laughs> Woo, truth nailed you to the wall. Truth exposed you. The Word of God showed you for who you are. Mercy. Mercy was what, what what would you say Bartimaeus was the truth was Jesus all about truth oh no no huh the truth was i was a sinner truth was i needed mercy truth was he's merciful oh my god so merciful <laughs> he overrides what i'm charged with <laughs> He doesn't just give me clemency. It never happened. He expunges it. Man. In Matthew 15, this woman kills me. I love her. She just thrills me. Every time I read this narrative, I think, my God, this is so incredible. (laughs) Hallelujah. Jesus's disciples, I got to see Jesus. I got to see Jesus. You know, Jesus's disciples were his front office. You didn't get to Jesus without going through them. The Grecians came and they said, "Sirs, we would see Jesus." They was asking permission to see the Master. I mean, he, they were the twelve. They had position. They had authority of who saw Jesus or not. I want to, My daughter, yeah. my daughter, mm. you got it, I got to see Jesus. No, what, do you, 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 lady, where are you from? Oh. You don't look like us. Yeah. Mm. I'm from Syrophoenicia along the coast there of the Mediterranean on the west side of Israel. Mm. Oh, you're a Canaanite. Yeah, oh. you pagan. You Gentile, get out of here. You're not seeing Jesus. Now, if, you, if she would have built a synagogue, being a Gentile, he's worthy, Lord. You need to come pray for his servant because he built us a synagogue, you know? He's politically connected, but this sinner woman, this pagan, this idol worshiper, you ain't going to talk to Jesus. No way, get out of here. please I gotta my daughter's got a demon. I gotta have something. Probably got the demon because she was worshiping some demon God.
0: Right. Uh-huh.
1: Probably her fault the daughter's possessed. All right. What you get involved in can affect your children. Right. You want your kids to grow up holy dead? Keep your eyes pure. Keep your heart pure. Keep your mind pure. Live godly. Walk godly. Talk godly. Act godly. Be godly. Yes. Or you might be cursing your kids with a spirit that they can't get rid of. And she come crying out to them and Get out of here, lady. <laughs> Let's read here. In, in, in Matthew 15, And behold... A a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, Jesus, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord. Thou son of David, my daughter, is grievously vexed with the devil. She had a great need. Do you know what she did there? She broke protocol. She went right around those 12 apostles. You won't let me see him. Forget you. I'm going to go to him directly. If somebody's trying to keep you from Jesus today, you need to go around them. Learn something from this pagan woman. She was desperate. Man, Jesus, what's he do? He ignores her. like she didn't even say anything to him. And man, that's all his disciples needed to see his response. Yeah, she went around us. You know, they was always jockeying, they were carnal. They was always wanting to see who the greatest was, you know. They they needed the Holy Ghost, they got it, thank God. (laughs) Even then, they had some prejudice and things. Paul had to rebuke Peter. But but all Jews were prejudiced against Gentiles. They was nothing but dogs. That's what dog means. Gentile means dog. And so they're they're there. Can we see Jesus? No, you can't see Jesus. I'll go right around you, forget you. So she goes around him. Amen. Verse 24. But he answered and said, I am not sent, but to the house. Jesus ignores her. He doesn't respond to her. She's pleading with him. And the disciples are saying, now send her away. Get rid of her. We told her not to come. Jesus looks past her. Like she's not even there. He talks to his disciples. Oh, I'm not here for Gentiles. I'm here for the only for the lost house of Israel. And he's talking to his disciples. He's not talking to that woman. He's ignoring her. He answered, verse 23 says, He answered her not a word. And that's when the big shot disciples... Got the cue. Okay, he's not accepting her, so let's get rid of her. She went around us. So here Jesus tells her in verse 24, I'm not here for you, lady. Wow. See, we, we Gentiles, when we read about Jesus, and we thought, oh, he's so sweet, we love him, and I, he didn't come from us. We were not in a covenant relationship with God as Gentiles we had no rights to the things of God as Gentiles that's right so Jesus doesn't even acknowledge her he addresses his disciples but she heard she's listening she's there she's picking it up oh so I love her I love this woman she's coming for something She changes religions on the spot. (laughs) Oh, i got to become a worshiper. She, She bows down and worships him. Saying, Lord, help me, please. I'll worship you. I'll change religions for you. Jesus knew the con. She's just wanting to get something out of him. But... Her persistence got a response from the master. This pagan woman, she's changing religions, trying to get Jesus' attention. Jesus is finally, this woman is finally pushing Jesus to the end. He's going to address her. He has been ignoring her. She is a Gentile. And he is not there but for the lost house of Israel, the Jews. Finally, Jesus addresses the woman. You know what his reply was, verse twenty six. And he said unto her, He's saying this to this woman. And he answered and said, The Bible says, It is not meat or it's not proper or good to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. People might think people might think, ooh, how crude of Jesus, how unkind. He wasn't being unkind. He was stating the truth he was stating facts lady you don't have a covenant with me I can't give you what you want you're outside the blessings of the children you're a pagan worshiper you worship false gods I have not entered into a covenant with you nor you with me you have no right to this he was just telling her the truth you don't have a covenant Now, he might have said, come back in 10 years. See, Pentecost hadn't happened yet, and Acts chapter 10 hadn't happened where the Gentiles got saved. Did you know it was like 10 years before the first Gentiles got into the church, after the church started? He might, lady, this is, we're in the law of Moses' dispensation. <laughs> Do you understand what that means? And the law is the truth. And the law had no mercy on anybody that didn't obey it. One dude picked up sticks on the Sabbath and they stoned him to death without mercy. <sighs> Let me just interrupt and inject this here. You know when they lost the Ark of the Covenant and Hophni and Phinehas and and, and Eli died when they lost it. And then those Philistines couldn't handle it. (laughs) It beat up their God and gave them hemorrhoids and mice and everything else and they sent it back. And, And the men of Beth Shemesh, when they saw the Ark coming on that cart, man, they ran up and said, it's the Ark. And they lifted the box they lifted the lid off the box, and they looked in, and what they saw was the law of Moses, right. Right. Aaron's rod that budded, and the manna in a pot, and 50,070 men died like that. You know why? They took the mercy off the law. Yes,
0: they did. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. Wow. <sighs>
1: Without mercy, truth slays. Paul said, I was, in Romans seven. I was alive without the law one time. But when the commandment came, I died. It convicted me. It condemned me. So here's this woman. She's trying to get there. She had to deal with the disciples' rejections. She had to Go around the disciples to get to Jesus. She's not deterred. She's going on. Jesus ignores her. She didn't get offended and walk. Well, if he ain't going to listen to me, well then forget it. Well, that pastor didn't shake my hand. I came to that church and he didn't even smile at me. Not her, man. She went around and. She, what would you do if the, if the ushers were blocking you from coming into church? That's what was happening to this woman. You can't come in here. You can't come in. You ain't going to see God. No, not going to happen. Jesus ignores her. Then he just talks past her like she's not there, like she's some nothing. He loved that woman. He loved that woman so much. But he was allowing these things to transpire for us. And then he says, no, I won't do it. It's not right for me to answer your prayer. I cannot do this. I can't give what belongs to the children of God to dogs. Okay, now, this is where you and I learn something. When you get right with God. Stop trying to con God. She was trying to con her way in. She was pleading. She was doing everything. She changed religion. She's Whatever you want, I'm going to do. You know? But I'm still going to be a pagan. She knew all that. Next verse. Truth, Lord. I'm everything you said. Everything you said, I agree with. It's truth. I'm a pagan. I worship false gods. I don't have a covenant with you. It's true. I don't have no rights. But even dogs. I didn't come for truth. My first words were, have mercy on me. I tell you right there, she got his attention. She got the master's attention. She she got him arrested there. It stunned him that this pagan was calling on him. Hallelujah. Truth, Lord. I didn't come for truth. I came for mercy. Hallelujah. That's all I need from you, God. I can't change what it is. Only you can. You can. I need mercy to override truth in my life. I can't go without mercy. Paul said, the law came. He says, was the word of God that's holy? Meant to be death to me? No, the word of God is life. But because it's truth, (laughs) it exposes. Anybody here ever done any building? Nobody? Okay, Gabe. You know what a plumb line is, don't you? You ever see a plumb line? It's got a little metal weight pointy on it, on a string. Surveyors use it with their transits to get on a mark, and builders use it. I had a, a man in the church that was rated to build up to 20 stories high. And Wayne Lozier, tremendous man, tremendous Christian. I said, well how do you build, how do you get an elevator so straight? Shaft, he says it can only be off a quarter of an inch from top to bottom. I said, how do you get it so straight? He goes, plumb line. And gravity pulls that line, that weight down, it's got a little point on it in there and you just let it hang there and when it stops, that's where the mark is. You know what that plumb line does? It shows if there's any leaning in that thing where that wall comes in and out. It's just there, man. It shows every imperfection, or it shows if it's plumb. That's why I call it a plumb line. It, sh- it it exposes the wall for what it is. That's what the word of God did under the law. It exposed sin. Paul said that sin might become exceedingly sinful, that it might appear. what it really is. We don't really look at sin the way God looks at sin, but the law, the law exposed it so that sin would become exceedingly sinful, abhorrent to us, but it couldn't fix it. A plumb line can't fix anything. It just shows the error, and that's all the law did. It showed the truth, showed the air, guilty, 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 guilty. You did this. This is wrong. This is that. That's all. And it's there. But it had no power. So they just kept rolling animals' blood on and covering it, waiting for the one that would cleanse it. So this woman's truth (laughs) disqualifies her. Truth disqualifies you. Truth disqualifies me. Truth condemned me to death. At the conclusion of Romans 7, Paul looks at the despicable nature that lived in him. He says, in me, that is my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. He summarizes it. Verse 24, Romans 7. Oh, wretched man that I am! How despicable am I? See, sin had become exceedingly sinful to him. He wouldn't say, Oh, it's not my fault. It's the people. Well, if Bathsheba wouldn't have gone on, um, she knew I was out there, and she just exposed herself and tried to tempt me, and uh, it's not my fault that I fell into sin. I was tempted, and oh no, Paul looked at himself honestly. He saw the war that's going on he says i want to do good but i'm not doing it and how to find it i don't know how to do this and I, there's a war going on when i do good and there's always evil pushing at me trying to drag me down and i don't want that and i'm in bondage and i'm and, and he says who shall deliver me not what it's a who jesus this body of death you know what he likened that to romans used to take a the cadaver and they would bind it to somebody. Just make a cocoon out of them with a with a with a dead body. And as that body began to decompose, it would infect that person. And that stench and the worms and all that all the disease and the bacteria and all would start to destroy you and kill you. And unless somebody had mercy to cut you free, <laughs> (laughs) you were going to die. It was a death sentence. It was a disgusting, despicable way to die. And Paul was likening this sin nature as being some dead body bound to him, infecting him and destroying him. And he's saying, I need deliverance. Who is going to set me free? Next verse. I thank Jesus Christ. Ah, the law condemned me. The law came and I died. Death sentence. Stone him. I like. I like. Some people still live in Romans seven. I feel sorry for you because Romans 8 comes and says, there's therefore now no condemnation. <laughs> he, God, Jesus didn't leave me condemned, bound. He set me free. And he that the Son makes free is free indeed. If he's made you free or you want to be free, why don't you just stand to your feet and start worshiping him and thanking him for his goodness? Jesus looked at that woman and he said, Oh, woman, great is thy faith," And he went. Ten years into the future, into another dispensation, grabbed the miracle out of Acts chapter 10 and came back there to, to the book of Matthew and the, the law and gave it to that woman because she had faith in the mercy of God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I don't know what you're looking at. I don't know if you're sick in your body. Truth says you're sick. <laughs> Well, we can override that here today. Jesus is here to override truth. Mercy, deli- mercy, saying get out of the way. Truth, you have <laughs> it rejoices against. It. <laughs> get in the corner. <laughs> you got you got a financial problem. <laughs> That's the truth. They're going to foreclose on. <laughs> get in the corner. I need mercy, God. I haven't been a good financial steward here. You've got to help me out. I know i got a lot of things to learn. But I need your mercy. You ever been on your knees? A bill comes to me and say, God, I don't know how I'm going to pay this. Hello? Am I the only one ever done that? Yes. Maybe because I'm a pastor and I look at the bills of the church and then, God, you ought to bless your people so they'll be faithful to pay tithes so that we can have church. Because if they don't obey you and they don't love you and they don't pay their tithes, we ain't going to have a church to worship you in.
0: That's the truth. Come on, praise
1: you. You ain't giving nothing when you pay your tithes. You owe your tithe. And I didn't mean to say that, but that's what i You want to have a church to come to, you better support it. You'll support Disney Plus. You'll support every other stupid thing that's out there. amen. you don't need none of that stuff. What you need is the truth of God's word with mercy proceeding it. Yeah, you need to hear what you are, but there's a way out of what you are and who you are. It's mercy, God's mercy. You want to know what the mercy of God is? Look at Calvary. Paul said, I've determined to know nothing. There's nothing I'm going to tell you more. More than this, that it's Jesus Christ and him crucified. Oh, I wish I had another time. I wish I could preach another message to you. The beauty of holiness. (laughs) Let me just give you an eggshell. Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat and the children of Israel. Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir come against them. Some say a million strong army. Overwhelming. God said, "You can't." that's the most beautiful depiction of Calvary that I've ever seen a type of Calvary in the Scriptures. All God's people are under the same problem. All were under it, from the least to the greatest to the least. All the generals, all the soldiers, all the children, the women, even the king. We have no might against his power to come against us. Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir. If you do a word study on their names, Ammon was the worldliness of the people. Moab, they were two incestuous sons of Lot. Moab was the flesh. Seir means devil in its root. So the devil, the world, and the flesh came against the people of God. And they were powerless. And God says, You know what? You can't fight this battle. It's not yours. I'm gonna fight this one. I'm the only one that's gonna win it. That's right. Now watch this. When God showed me this one night I was studying, I rolled laughing on the floor in my office at home. I laughed. God just is so such a strategic general. I just love him. Watch this. The very force that's gonna destroy the people of God. Mm -hmm. Hear me the world, the devil, and the flesh. God gives them a phantasmic illusion. And the very power that came to defeat the people of God consumes itself and destroys itself. And God's people couldn't lift a finger. All they could do was just look at the aftermath of it. And then for three days, unopposed, they went in there and spoiled the enemy. Jesus went down into the earth three days. He led captivity, captivity, and ascended on high. Do you know what Calvary is? Come on. Come on. You know when Jesus died, the veil in the temple rent into you know, you know what the veil is? The veil separated the two rooms in the temple, it was a big, heavy curtain. Behind the veil was the Ark of the Covenant where the presence of God was. Nobody went back there because God's holy. It was called the holiest of all, the holiest of holies. The holy place was in the front. Now, you had to get, just to get into there, you had to wash your feet and your hands. You you couldn't bypass the water.
0: All right. All right. Come on now.
1: Type of baptism. Yeah. You died. Yeah, you do, right? God said, told Moses, that they forget not to wash, that they die not. Yeah. If they didn't wash their hands and their feet, that's why foot washing is so important. You need to wash your hands and your feet. You're washing your hands while you're washing someone else's feet. Good. Boom. That's good. Right. That's good. Come on, Some of us are getting away from it in Pentecost. It scares me. Yeah. That's a whole other topic. Yeah. So here we are. Here we are.
0: Come on. Please.
1: Jesus is on the cross. And he dies. That curtain rips in two. And the Bible says he passed Jesus' death, passed through the veil. It doesn't stop there. Being his flesh. When Jesus was on the cross. That flesh was made sin. And when sin died, the thing that separated us, the veil, the flesh of man, the sinful nature, was torn in two, eliminated. We can go right into God. Freedom. So, what do you want this morning or this afternoon? Truth. Truth. Or mercy I've preached the mercy of God to you today if you're here and God's talking to your heart you see you're a Gentile if you're not a Jew listen to what Peter says which in times past you Gentiles he's a Jew he's talking to Gentiles here which in times past we're not a people you're not a people you weren't the people but now but now Through Christ, the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Whatever your need is, this altar is open. Pastor, come up here. You want to lay hands and we're going to pray mercy. Mercy. If you need mercy, don't come up here all high and puffed up. So you ain't going to get nothing. But if you humble yourself, if we'll confess our sins to God, you don't have to tell me. If we'll confess our sins to God, oh, God, mercy's here. Jesus, the son of David. Truth says no. Truth says blind. Truth says leprosy. Truth says all this against me. Truth says sickness. The doctor's report says this. The bill says this. But I'm not coming for truth this morning I'm coming for mercy (laughs) you need mercy lift your hands up to him call on him go around who's ever in front of you don't let anything hinder you from the mercies of God God will will deliver you that secret sin that has you bound you could be free from that you don't have to battle that anymore amen Jesus died on the cross and killed that nature in you you could be set free from it The wages of sin or death, but there is therefore now no condemnation to them to have mercy. See, truth, hear me, truth is black and white, but mercy it comes in the color red, <laughs> it comes in the color of the blood of Jesus. <laughs> It overrides the truth. It blots it out. It blocks out the handwriting of the If you were encouraged by this message and you would like to connect with Ephesus Church or you would like to get in contact with the leadership of this church,
0: please visit EphesusChurch.com. Thank you for being a part.